So somebody said they had a fantastic opening. So we don't wow. really need to discuss that. At the uh, earth-shattering end of <laughs> end of all openings opener. Well, you can't spoil I, it I right now, though. I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. The greatest um, of all time. There will be, never be another one that's better than it. I, I believe I just said I had a doozy of an opening. <laughs> I don't believe I, I sold it quite a as doozy. heavily as uh, you seem to be selling it. So you know, don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily get your hopes up <laughs> for you know. I never get my hopes up for the show. Okay. No, that's good. Hey, and welcome back to Even More Mashed Up. We are the pop culture podcast where we talk about, uh, well, all things pop culture. I'm Alan. And I'm Patrick. And as we are taping this, it's the week before Easter. And so in keeping with the spirit of the season, we thought we'd shift gears a bit and talk about a show featuring that man who died and was resurrected, that man who is both many and one, Disney Plus's Moon Knight. Wow. Wow. I mean, as long as we don't have any Christians listening to the show, I think that's pretty well done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing you're was... not like, part of a, a Catholic yes. university that might be some of your audience. Well, at this point, the exactly. show is largely divorced from the Catholic university, so. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Told you. There's a. Quality opening. There's Timeliness. A, there is a cleverness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it in, a, in a specially clever, a special cleverness? I guess uh, if you consider it's definitely special, if you consider the Lord and Savior to be, you know, the product of a multiple personality disorder, there's a kind of analog there. I'm just saying there's a little bit of overlap between, say, Moon Knight and possibly some other uh, religious figures. That well, I mean, I guess he is technically a religious figure. Uh, well, I mean, he does he does serve uh, the Egyptian god of the moon. Exactly. And so, yeah, I don't see AKA how that could possibly go wrong. Wilson. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't see. Totally yeah, I, I can't imagine. Well, that was... Uh, when you say you can't see it going wrong, are you talking about Moon Knight or are you talking about my opening? Oh, well, I was talking about your opening. You know, I I, I oh, now imagine okay. column A protesters column B. in the streets. But who's to say? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this is kind of a revolutionary show for us, right? Because, I mean, okay, we're doing superhero stuff, which we always do, but we usually wait until it's done. Yes. Yeah. So we this seems like patience. this <laughs> seems like something <laughs> brand new, kind of turning yeah, a page. No, this is, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even more mashed up two point zero. Possibly, yes. Or it, it's possible that, you know, we've both actually watched the first couple of episodes for once, as opposed to not really syncing up until the end of the show. Well, here's the thing. And I know this has been said a hundred times, so we don't need to talk about it in any detail. But nothing on we Disney will. Plus. Well, I don't know. I think I think Patrick might dismiss this one pretty quickly, but we'll see. Um Nothing on Disney Plus has quite captured the WandaVision magic, right? Where WandaVision felt like, not only for, for me, but for Twitter, 
to be kind of appointment viewing and everybody would watch it and then you couldn't go on Twitter unless you wanted it to be spoiled. Like, Moon Knight's not quite that, right? You can't blame me for this. Oh. Well, I mean, Moon well, but but you're actually caught up on Moon Knight. So, you know, I wouldn't blame you for Moon Knight because you're actually caught up. But you would blame me. you started it. You would blame me for the others. Which, which, which yeah. is... Well, yes, because all the others, you know, we had to wait until they were done for you to be able to watch them. Well, I wonder if it's better to wait until something's done, but maybe not. Like, maybe this will be... Yeah. Maybe this will be we'll something see. new. I we guess could this will be... Inject a yes. little more superhero into it. Oh, yeah. Well, because if there's one thing this show needs, it's more superhero. This is my point. I feel like... peak superhero... I feel like we haven't done enough superhero stuff, maybe. Now, to be fair, we veered away from superhero stuff in the last couple of episodes. That's a solid two or three episodes without superheroes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, and really, that's a long time for us. I believe if we listen to the Oscars episode, there will be superheroes mentioned. Oh well, no! Yes, See, but that it's not a sh- it's not a show about superheroes. That's that's yeah, but, the important distinction. But we did. T- wow. Well, I mean, I guess in that way, sure. In that way, we will yeah. talk about superheroes. Yes. But it doesn't count that we talked about exactly. superheroes. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not within the context of a discussion of superheroes. It's within the context. It's an entirely different context Well, there talking was a, about the Oscars. Totally there, different. It was a conversation about superheroes, but it was about Oscars, really, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, but we have super. We have conversations about superheroes in the context of superhero movies and TV shows all the time. That's so, fair. You know, even right. even if we bring up superheroes in the discussion of, say, the Oscars, it's a completely different conversation. Completely. Completely. Is that the doozy you had planned? Because that feels like a doozy. No, to me. no. My doozy was the uh, blasphemy that I opened up the top of the show with. So. It's always downhill from the blasphemy. It, it's really hard to top that. So, but we, but we will try. <laughs> it's hard to, to top blasphemy. It's either hard to top it or to bottom it. It's hard to say. Uh, I might want you to alter the phrasing there. Well, you, you would, you yeah, because you, you feel like I've really debased the show in some way. Yes, well, because the Just to be clear phrase to no, bottom has a particular meaning. Oh, that, I know. You know. I know the top and the bottom, but I I still okay. feel as if so the blasphemy you, is yeah. a more is a more significant problem mm, for us. I don't know. Americans are pretty hung up on the uh, the sexy, sexy. So you know, they they well, might have true. a problem with that too. If Moon Knight demonstrates yeah. anything, it's that Americans much prefer violence to sex. So I think that is mm-hmm. probably probably yeah. true on your part. It but much easier. And, and given the world that we live in, though, I just, you know, there's a, a a large, hardcore Christian audience that I feel like you're alienating that we might be trying to pull into, you know, a big tent of a podcast. Sorry, I didn't hear anything you said after uh, you told me that what I said was true. <laughs> Whoop, are you there? I might have. I might have been. No, I'm here. Oh, that was the joke is that you said I was right. And that's all I focused on. Unfortunately, you cut out, so we didn't hear the punchline. Yes, yeah. The, it, oh, did I cut out? <laughs> yeah. No. Punchlines are better oh, when you hear okay. them, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I I heard them just Luckily, fine. Luckily, the audience will hear them. 
Yes. And they will get okay. to enjoy that joke that Alan that Alan was denied. Could we could we do a second anyway, poll, Rich? Could we could we do a second poll? Was, oh, wait, was hang on. Wait, the question will be: Was Patrick's unheard joke actually funny? <laughs> and if it is, I'll go back and listen to it. And if it wasn't, then I don't feel like I need to to maybe put that effort in. Hmm. Speaking of so, putting the effort in, should we should we talk about Moon Knight? <laughs> so, so, Patrick, you're you're obviously the Moon Knight expert because I've not spent a lot of time with the Moon Knight canon. I have a question for you at the start. Is okay. there in the Moon Knight mythos some mm-hmm. kind of a foot fetish thing that I should be looking at as like an Easter egg in this episode one? Uh, not especially, no. Okay. I just... I was just wondering or trying to figure out if that were the truth because there was a lot of focus on feet to kind of get things going. Is there? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. There's Harrow at the beginning putting the uh, shattered glass or, whatna- or whatnot into his shoes. Oh, and there, yeah. Uh, and there's really a lot of shooting of... for that. A lot of shooting of Stephen's foot, you know, tied to the bed. It just, you know, there's, yeah. there was a lot of feet in it. And I was just wondering yeah. if I was missing something. I mean, you are Doctor Easter Egg, so yeah. No, I'm. Uh, you know, I am not aware of any sort of significance of the feet. Okay. Um. Except, you know, maybe it's possible that both Stephen Grant and Alex Harrow uh, will be shown to have feet of clay. Ah, I see what you're doing sand, there, but as as maybe more. Apropos, yeah. Can but, you have uh, feet of sand? Then? Yeah. Uh, not really. Uh, okay. Unless you're Sandman, you can do it if or you're you Sandman. Like melt the sand in the glass or something. I guess that's technically. But then they're. Sand. But then they're. But then it's glass. Well, it's not sand have, anymore. It's glass. I don't think you have feet of glass either. You just have feet of clay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, but yeah, Fair no. Enough. There's no. There's no uh, particular emphasis okay. upon. Because yeah, he is. He is. I mean, Moon Knight is uh, Khonshu's. Fist of vengeance, not Khonshu's foot of vengeance. Exactly. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm wondering. But okay, where do you want to start? I mean, that's not. A, we should not start on the foot fetish. We should start. Well, I'm pretty sure we, we did. Pretty sure we, we have. I asked you where you wanted <laughs> to start, and you went straight to the foot fetish. So, uh, that seems to be like where we've started. So, well, uh, I feel like we started with blasphemy. And then we move to the foot. Well, that fetish. was just that was just a, a segue into. Um, it feels so like a segue. I, I'm, that I'm was curious a as, as 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 someone who is not a uh, well versed in the continuity of Moon Knight. Uh, I'm curious to hear your reaction to the series, Alan. Um, well. I, since I will you, say since this. You're not, you, since you don't have a lot of the 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 freight of Moon Knight continuity, right? I, as just a kind of base level Moon Knight consumer, thus far the series has been about what I would have expected. I think. Okay. You know the Egyptian okay. stuff is not surprising. The um, personality disorder is not surprising. Um, you know, I, I'm not very familiar with Mr. Knight, which I guess is the the Moon Knight, but in a suit. Yes. Yeah. And it's, so well, because yeah, well, Mr. Knight did what? He debuted, I think, in the 2014 series. 
Um, and he's basically like, I guess originally he was sort of like the public, um, the public version of Moon Knight. Like that was the version of Moon Knight that would like talk to the police or, or right. in the current series, that's the version of Moon Knight that, you know, is, is running his mission. Um, as opposed to like the, the superhero version, but it's a version that, that particularly I think because of the, the, the design of it that people really gravitated towards. Well, it's a, it's, um, it's a super cool design. It is. Yes. You know, it it's, it's striking and it's different and it's kind of interesting. And then it's not, I, I mean, I'd rather come back to Mr. Knight later, but I think that, that like, that was the one thing I'm not, I was not familiar with until I started looking at reviews of Moon mm-hmm. Knight, but it kind of makes sense given the way they, they position Steven versus Mark in the, the series, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's important to note that, like so many things in the series, you know, we've got the appearance of Mr. Knight, um, but it's it's absolutely not at all like how he is in the comics, which is, which is true with a lot of the Moon Knight series, is that a lot of the names are the same, but that's about as close to the source material as, as the series gets. I'd say as, as in comparison with other Disney plus and MCU series, Moon Knight might be the one that seems to be veering the most from the source material. So that was, that was the question I had for you. And it's the flip side of the one that you had for me, you know, Moon Knight mm-hmm. much better. Does it bother you mm-hmm. that they're departing from Canon in such significant ways? Or have you reached a new kind of post peak superhero zen where the canon isn't as important uh i would not describe it as a post peak superhero zen but i would say i'm cl- i'm closer to a a kind of of zen in the in the sense that um you like know signed acceptance no I, I recognize that the mcu is different from the comic books and and thus doing its own thing um and so i don't expect necessarily great fidelity to the the comics i'm a little bit surprised by by how far the series is veering from it but it's also clear i think part of it is that the series makes clear that it's dealing with particularly the different personalities very differently than the comics right away so it's not like there was some like oh this seems like it was kind of like moon knight in the comics but now it's something totally different it was totally different from the get-go so um right, right. would you feel the same way if it were hawkeye would you feel the same way if it were hawkeye well the mcu it... hawkeye is is not really like the comic book hawkeye either so um okay you know it's it's it again i i i you know sort of had made peace that that the mcu is is you know its own versions of of these characters that have had you know so many versions uh in the comics anyway so i'm i'm not as upset as other people are um it seems like the second episode really um irritated some some moon knight purists um particularly regarding mr knight um I'm sorry. And, and even to a lesser I'm, I'm extent, just, Steven, so. I'm sorry. Like, when you're really staking yourself as, like, the Moon Knight purist, like, how mm-hmm. did you get there in your life? Like, what what 
series of bad decisions led you to the position <laughs> that you're just irate that Moon Knight isn't getting the proper res canonical respect. We all well, need keep to in mind that Moon Knight, Moon Knight is very much a sort of cult following. Like he's like, I mean, what? I think the um, for sure. The current series is like the eighth or ninth time they've tried launching a Moon Knight series. Um, you know, mm. the first series that he was in, which is which is sort of the you know the one that that everyone harkens back to. I mean, it only lasted what I think thirty eight issues, um, and his longest series I think lasted sixty, the same length as Quasar. Um, is it just the character? Like, well, yeah. is it just there's no. But the same the length as people like the same length as Quasar kind of says it all. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got a very devoted but small following, I guess. Um, to answer to answer Rich's question, it feels like kind of like hipsters, people who have decided they're going to plant their flag on something very, very, very niche. Well, because it's because important it seems like... they be very, very, very niche. Yeah. Because it seems like, as, I mean, again, I don't know that much about the comic character as well, but like, it seems like, especially because he has the kind of multiple personalities, it seems like it'd be something that would be relatively easy to get an audience of like, you know, almost like kind of Deadpool in the sense, maybe not that kind of humor, but like having those kind of conversations with yourself, it seems like you could, it seems like it would be difficult to get an audience going, maybe not super popular, but to have such a low run, like you said, like only 60 issues of the length of Quasar, it's weird that after nine times they don't have a character that's gonna you know resonate with people to kind of keep it going well moon knight's also kind of isn't it victimized by the fact that every comic book series gets rebooted every 18 months now anyway yeah but moon knight i mean, I mean he doesn't, it's, it's not like it's not like that like moon knight will have a run for you know some of them have been as long as you know, or not long, but some of them have been as short as four issues. Some of them have been like twelve to fifteen. Yeah, and then and then you know he's put on the shelf again. Like we, I mean, we've got a current series going right yeah. now that's I think yeah. what issue ten just came out. Um, so yeah, he's not he's not terribly he's just never yeah he's not a character that's been able to sustain, um, a long run, and yet he does have a a very like I said, sort of passionate and devoted fan following. Again, stemming from the original series with uh, writer Doug Munch and, and as you'll know, Alan, artist uh, Bill Sinkovich. Um, uh, he's one of my all-time favorite artists. Fan of from, yeah. So, you know, it, and, and, and again, it had a very kind of, it was very different from what Marvel was otherwise doing at the time. So um, Moon Knight's always had kind of a, a different sensibility than a lot of, of other Marvel stuff, almost, almost veering more towards your kind of independent sort of, um, right. Or, or maybe a mix of kind of independent and, and kind of traditional superhero type stuff. So, um, so, but yeah, but that, that's my way of saying that, you know, you've, he's got a, a, a kind of cult following and, you know, cults generally don't like things that deviate from orthodoxy. So, they don't like blasphemy. I see where you're where you're steering this, and kind of having set the stage. Like, is there a place you want to start discussing the actual contents of episodes one and two? Um, 
Well, I mean, we, we I think we talked about it when we did the trailer park for it in that, um, you know, besides Mr. Knight, the other big change seems to be Stephen Grant, who in the comic book series is basically Bruce Wayne. He's a successful billionaire, though he does it via more um, investments than, than, you know, running a business. Um and, you know, the Stephen Grant that we get in the comic series is in the TV show, sorry, is absolutely not that. No. So yeah, it's almost like a polar opposite of yeah, like it Bailey is. I mean, seems to be you know, getting by. Yeah. So which is one of the things that I did I did uh, like about the series where um we're just sort of plopped into the middle of things. As opposed to, and, and I assume this is something you might have appreciated about the series, Alan, is that we haven't spent the first two episodes getting the origin of Moon Knight. Like, we're just kind of dumped right into the middle of things, not really understanding what's going on in, in much the same way as Steven. Yeah, I wonder what it means for non-comic book people, because it's it's that's a pretty deep end to get tossed into in some ways. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was very confused. I still am very confused about a lot of kind of like again i don't know what age stephen grant's supposed to be but like i assume at least like like low 30s or something like in the show or like high 20s and it's like i'd probably go you know low mid 30s somewhere around there yeah but it's like how do you get by like you know he's always tired every day he like it seems like he would be homeless at this point you know and not have an apartment well yeah that's sort of I think it raises all kinds of questions like that, Rich. Like how, how, yeah. how long has he been doing this? And it's a weird life. It's a weird life to build as an alien. Well, yeah, I think like, it's it's also important to note that that you know up until the end of the first episode and and really in the second, he's unaware it seems of his dissociative identity disorder. He thinks he has some kind of sleepwalking problem that generates um, sand and just went, well the sand is i think he has the sand around his bed so that when he gets up in the morning he can see if he got up oh that's I what the sand's just for like, that's a weird okay. system too it's a very weird it is system. a weird system yeah i'm not sure the system makes a heck of a lot of sense but well, you'd but also that, think that he would that get seems like to mental be the help system. at some point like you think he'd be on like some kind of medication like you think he'd be on like sleep medication or something like if i'm sleepwalking to the point where i have to tape the door to make sure i haven't left mm-hmm. every night at some I mean, point you, i'm going to a doctor you would think that maybe well, he doesn't have insurance that, well, but clear, he lives in britain or, so he's clearly got insurance yeah. so yeah Wait, I don't is know. he in britain because i read somewhere that he's in it, that some one review i read said they're in chicago so Wait, they're in chicago he's still in, at least yeah that's what's one of the things know, i read yeah. said he was in chicago i'm like wait a minute i thought it was london i thought I everybody thought so had an too. accent but maybe i've Maybe I've well, I thought that's also why I show like the more the mopeds and stuff was because well, Mark doesn't have an accent. Mark's Mark is an American. He refers to him as the American in his head. So, right, but right, but I just assume. I mean, but it seems like everybody around Stephen has an accent. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the show. Yeah, I think he's in. I think he's in London. Yeah, yeah. but again, so. even if he didn't have insurance, maybe say like you know have him call his mom and say like you know I still can't get help or something. I, I don't know. It just seems like if you're at 35 and you've been sleepwalking for God knows how long to that kind of degree i don't know how like the biggest issue is he's sleepy at work yeah i mean part of it part of it might be you know um 
an indictment of the uh, health system in in England. You know, maybe maybe it's going for a, a subtle critique. I guess. Of the uh, what is it, the NIH or whatever it is in in. Um, yeah, you know, in England. But I think I, I also think... in terms of, of there's a lot that I think is still to be answered because Stephen's on the phone leaving messages for his mom. But does he actually have a mom or is it Mark's mom or is I, he just I, randomly calling well, something? Yeah. And, and I guess so it's just. They, they've got to sort all this out, right? Because if they don't. Yeah. Then the whole idea of the, you know, the dissociative disorder, like it could be treated in a really crass way. Like, so. Yeah, well, I, I have fear the, the show disorder, is maybe right? moving in. Yeah. Like, but it just, it seems really muddled. And if they don't sort out all of the questions Rich is asking and all the questions you're asking about, mm. about the mother and everything, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it feels like the DID is just a plot device. It's, yeah, it's yep. just a gimmick. Right, yeah. to tell a story yeah, no, do, that's been used to tell stories a lot. Yep. Yeah, like, and like, that's, yeah, I, that would be profoundly but, disappointing to me. Yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm a bit been, concerned that oh. the representation of, you know, DID and, and mental disorder is, is potentially not something Moon Knight is going to be... <laughs> acclaimed for which is it which is which is ironic given that you know it's following after hawkeye in which the representation of a hearing disorder um and deafness was actually done pretty well because yeah it it seems right. like it's it's as you said alan it's a it's a plot device um i mean yeah and i don't know how much they can do because you know the first episode as we said you know steven just thinks he has some kind of weird sleepwalking insomnia problem by the time he finds out about the the disassociative identity disorder, he's all wrapped up in the plot, and so it does feel like I I, I fear that it's just going to become a plot device, like you said, Alan. And in, in, yeah. in that way, as I watch it, like I don't find it particularly intriguing or or mm. interesting. I, number one, I feel like it's been done a lot, you know, like the movie where somebody is talking to the voice in their head or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and maybe it'll get better, but like when they open it to the "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" song in the background, I'm not mm -hmm. confident they're treating it in a really serious, thoughtful way. As much mm -hmm. as like in that way, it literally becomes kind of a joke, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just a. It's again. It's oh, it's this neat thing that this hero has, but that's it. But it's. Yeah. it's, it's, it's I do it's, have a it's not even neat because to... it's been done a yeah. gazillion times yeah. you know yeah yeah i've got a fair or foul that speaks to to what you're raising alan do you want to jump into the fair or foul then yeah uh, uh, yeah so this is from scott mendelson at forbes um and keep in mind he's watched the first four episodes because they gave the first four episodes to to critics or whatever so Ooh. right he says quote the first episode is quite good but it also unloads much of what makes this show theoretically different from its superhero brethren. By the time episode one ends, it's clear that the horror iconography, mentally ill protagonists, and frightening understated cult leader Baddie are just window dressing for the same old story. Only two episodes in, the window dressing is, is kind of, I think, hard to argue against. Although... His yeah. optimism that Moon Knight was going to be something fundamentally different 
I, I guess I wouldn't share that. Opt- I, I wasn't sharing that optimism yeah. going in. Yeah, but part yeah, of this, I know, I, I think it was interviews with Oscar Isaacs and, and the director. They said that they were going to be doing, they were going to be treating the, the disassociative identity disorder, you know, seriously and thoughtfully. And, and I'm a little bit worried that, that. I mean, hopefully that kicks not. in at some point. Yeah, I feel like if it hasn't kicked in yet, it's kind of problematic mm-hmm. then. It's already, mm-hmm. it seems unlikely. So yeah, I, that that concerns me a little bit about this. You know, um, I, that you want it done right if they're going to do it, but I'm I'm not confident it's going to be done right. Yeah. So speaking of Which things actually, that we would like to yeah. see done right, um, we do have a a lot about veganism in these first couple of episodes, Alan. That's actually where I wanted to go next because as long as we're talking about our complaints. Mm-hmm. I would oh, say you that. Have complaints? Well, the villain is vegan. This, I imagine this is but so is the hero. Surprising. So, yeah. Here's here's how I kind of processed all of this as a vegan who gets kind of, you know, dumped on by pop culture all the time. Mm-hmm. Much in the same way the show is doing very kind of um, pat and thus unimpressive stuff with mental health. Mm-hmm. It sets up veganism in exactly the same way. So Stephen is a vegan. So we immediately know mm-hmm. all of the following about him, right? It just the vegan stereotype means that we know all of the following things about him. There's no chance that he's brave. There's no chance that he's eloquent. There's no chance he can find a lady today. We totally know he's going to get pushed around by everyone, that no one will respect him, that he is a complete loser and in fact he's so dumb and dim, like um and um dull-witted that he thinks eating a steak made him go bonkers so immediately yeah. like we get there are two broad vegan stereotypes in culture one is kind of the wimpy loser and that's steven right and then arthur of course reveals that he's a vegan too who makes like this kick-ass lentil soup i guess but it reminded me of the good old days when Connor would hung, hang around the show sometimes and he made that shirt that said, stop vegan villainy. Like once again, oh, as soon yeah. as you see the vegan, you understand, you know, the bad guy. So even making the vegan the good guy, Patrick, I'm not sure that really kind of rectifies the the many pop not a culture good, problems. Good guy. Right. He's a he's so let me, he's a sad sack. If right, like, but if like what Steve if we Rogers think of... was vegan, that would be impressive because then it's like, oh, here's exactly. somebody who's you know strong, you know. But, but what if we think that. of Stephen as the sad sack, as the everyman? Because let's not. face it, sure he is. We're all kind no, of sad like, sacks. He, he can't handle no. like talking to people. He can't. Right. It, literally, when right. talking to people with his is boss, overrated. And she's, yeah, but like, she's, he, she's like telling him, like, hey, be quiet and stuff. And he just keeps talking about like Egyptian cultures that she clearly does not care about. Like, and she's your boss. It's like, right. He's like missing like basic social cues. And but by he's the way, just trying the, to tell her that they got stuff wrong. And it's important that that kind of stuff be pointed out so that things yes, can be made but right. So, the person oh, oh, who clearly oh, oh, doesn't oh. care. I see now. Patrick is seeing a little bit of himself in Oscar Isaac. Oh, I, I see that. Oh, I see a lot um, of I see a lot of myself in Oscar Isaac. Oh, I you know I, I don't. There's think, a lot of a, I, lot, I, a lot of overlap between. Me I and hate him. to say it, but I I I side with Rich on this. He's not like an every man. 
he's something much diminished. The, the fact the, that the security guard is more of an everyman. Yeah, exactly. The fact that he gets pushed around by um, a woman at work kind of even further diminishes kind of his masculinity in a world where like masculinity is the most important thing. And that world, by the way, being like America. I just feel like, yeah, you know, the veganism is London. just. Well, but we're watching it in America. Like, I, I, I imagine this is a show made for Americans before it's made for anybody mm. else. But again, even if he was pushed around, that wouldn't be the biggest deal. But like, you know, again, him just trying to talk to people about like when he's I think it's episode two when he's like in the apartment with uh, Layla and like. You know, he's, like, sort of explaining what's happening, but he just won't say, like, hey, Mark is somehow in my head, you know, I don't know what. He keeps, like, tap dancing around it to the point where, like, it's a long scene that just nothing happens in it. Now, I'll give you another example well, that I think is even more striking, To though, be Rich. fair, if you, if you had someone who just showed up you've never met before tell you their wife, would you convince them that you have a different personality in your head? So let me give you yes. a different example, Patrick. <laughs> he can't even talk to the waiter at a restaurant. Yeah. You know, like no matter what situation you put him in, he's so awkward, it's painful. And I know that like Hollywood yeah. wants us to kind of imagine that this is the common man, but in fact, that's another kind of trope that does damage to people with actual, um, you know, um, social like, and personality yeah. issues. I, it, it, I, I don't see him as an everyman. Like, Number one, he's Oscar Isaac, and so we all know that he's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like throughout. I think the way they play him is not like that's not how everybody acts. And it's not even so much that it's not how everybody acts. Is that if again, if you're at thirty five or like whatever age he is, and you've been like that, where you might have issues, again, I feel like you wouldn't ignore them completely. You would, you know, recognize at least at some point that like, hey. You know, I shouldn't just be going around acting as though I'm normal. There's something I have to deal with. You know, like just so stumped that he has, you can't get, you know, through to people or something. Well, it's because, Rich, age. in this trope, being this kind of oh, yeah. loser is kind of romantic in a way, right? Because we all know in a superhero y kind of way, he's going to kind of overcome that, right? Like that. There's this oh, yeah. kind of, even when this, he meets later the first time, he's yeah. like, she's like, oh, she can speak hieroglyphics. Oh, that's amazing. And, and she's impressed instantly. Right. Yeah. So you, by, you right. You know, you, that. Yeah. It's this kind of very romantic notion of somebody who's got like some real issues that, that we're dealing yeah. with. And they kind of all get shorthanded into vegan. You know, if the guy would just eat steak three times a week, he probably wouldn't have any of these problems. I, bet, I, I don't I, know that I'd quite go that far. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I feel like there you might it, you might be personalizing it just a touch because I'm not really but sure you know the what? show points I to could imagine... veganism as the source of his problems so much as the fact that no no he's got no, you know, no but the, another personality again, and an Egyptian god living point, in his head. Though, yeah. My point is is that the veganism becomes the stereotypical symbol of all the loserness that is in him. That that's really my point, right? Not that he. If he ate three steaks, but Alan, a I week, could totally imagine that being like a, a comedic conversation between him and Mark at some point in the further episodes. Is that he goes to eat something and they have to like debating in their head or argue with each other to get like a burger or something else that's vegan. I could yeah. completely see that being a scene going ahead. Abs absolutely, but not really oh, a good yeah. one, right? No, 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 not funny. But like you know, they're gonna play as this joke of like, oh, you know, 
Mark's yeah. going to be the person like you need to eat more meat, and then he's well, like, no, I want to be vegan. And obviously, real men ensues, air quotes. Real men do two things: they eat more meat, and they are hired mercenaries who murder heaps and heaps of people on a regular basis, and divorce their wife. Oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. I think yeah. to mistreat no, he's, women he's, as long he's as you're divorcing her. He's divorcing her to save her. Oh, isn't he's that romantic? He's done in the worst Again, way possible. Such a, <laughs> such a, yeah. such a beautifully romantic gesture on his part. Like, what a great guy he yeah, is. Yeah, somebody told me you weren't. That wasn't going to really fly with you. Well, and, and well, yeah. and speaking of the idea of of you know talking about like the real man there. Yeah. If they end up going the direction that the comic that the comics is, and I think they hint at this in the comics, Mark Spector is the main personality. Stephen Grant is. You know, one of his alters, I think, is the term that they use. And there's that moment in the beginning, I think, in the first episode where Khonshu refers to Stephen Grant as a parasite. Yeah. And I think it's going to end up that Stephen Grant isn't actually who he is, that Stephen Grant is is the, the disassociated identity well, and Mark Spector is actually the, 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 the actual individual. Which, which is how, totally it, which is how it is in the comics. Things. Yeah, like yeah. that's one Which of the things. Why does Mark Spector look like Stephen Grant? Yeah. You know, well, because like does, he, you know, when he says that the what when he brings Layla over, doesn't he say that the apartment's like his aunt's or his mom's or something like that? It's clearly going to be Mark's apartment. Yeah, um, yeah, and that you know that for some yeah, reason even, Mark seems to have lost control of Stephen at this point. I'm not sure how, but I, I think they're going to end right. up like. You know, Mark is the actual person, is the actual person, and and Stephen Grant is is the the disassociated identity. Yeah. So, quick question about Doctor Knight. Coming back to him at this point, Doctor um, Knight. Oh, Mister Knight. Mr. Is it Mister Knight? Knight? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Mister yeah. Knight. Sorry, so, <laughs> Mister Knight. Um, Mister Knight. Mm -hmm. Comic book resources tells me is more of a pacifist character. Is that true? I would not say that. Okay. He's, the way that he's <laughs> less he's he's less of the directly active. He's not like the superhero version of Moon Knight. Um right. But he as I recall he's actually got in many ways he's even as my recollection of Mr. Knight. Though it's been a while since I've read those issues so I could be wrong. But my recollection is that he's much more of a there's kind of a uh, darkness and violence about him more so than Moon Knight, who is sort of the the hero version of the character. Yeah, he's more like the street level so, version of the character. Uh, that really plays into the point I want to make. Is here's how Comic Book Resources describes him: Mister Knight and Moon Knight are considered opposite sides of the same coin. They both want justice in the world, but they have different approaches to achieving it. Moon Knight is brutal and violent. Um, make him more on the evil side of the scale, whereas Mr. Knight has a more level-headed approach that makes him more of a pacifist. And I want to say, it feels like only in America would the character that you're describing, Patrick, possibly be considered a pacifist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, if I, my recollection is is that there's a kind of rationalism to Mr. Knight that takes him to some pretty dark... Actions. Well, almost kind of like Rorschach, sort of. But but that's yeah, so not, weird. not terribly dissimilar. That's it's it's a very strange thing that the more rational violence is kind of seen as pacifist. 
at least by yeah, well, you know, I think part of it too. Well, wrote I this think part of it too might resources. be. Yeah, I think part of it too might be that when Mister Knight shows up, you know, there is this sense of imminent threat, imminent violence with him that right. people just tell him what he wants from the get-go because uh, you know it's kind of it's it's you know when Mister Knight shows up, you know, bad stuff is going to go down. Oh, kind of like um, Batman, and like yeah. he doesn't need to do stuff at some point. He's, yeah, he's and, I mean, and so, so I wonder fear. if that if that might be what CBR is is reading as as pacifism. Um, in that, yeah, so he doesn't have clear, to do though. anything, but it's because he's got, right. but so because he's got so much the reputation of of like hurting people that you know. But that's not pacifism. That's right. Just to be clear, like as a Quaker, we do understand in America, right, that that's not pacifism yeah okay i understand Which, that. yes okay that that kind of spins me forward to the next question i wanted to kind of pose to you mm-hmm. or I, I, like something an issue i wanted to work through because i i thought the episode the first two episodes are interesting in a way in the questions they ask about justice Ooh, so i have that too so Kanshu uses mark's violence to bring justice to evildoers correct well, it, it, I, I would say, I mean, Kanju refers to himself as dispensing justice in right in the comics. He's always uh, refer he was always for a long time referred to as the god of vengeance. And so I think, you know, if if Kanju represents justice, it's a retributive, retributive, Retrib- Yeah, it's, yes, it, it's no but- justice after the fact. Which is and the contrast, I, which I think you were probably going with on it. That's where I want to go. Yeah, is that – so – but if we take Kanshu at his word, and I don't know if we should or not because he's a sketchy-looking character in the show. Like, is, everybody yes. seems like they're lying at this that, point in the show. Yeah. That, that he, that, again, it's he a more modern development, but you should not, you should not trust Kanshu. Yeah. Right, but he definitely equates vengeance with justice. Yes. And, of course, Arthur and – Amit are all about violence and justice as well. They just want to do violence mm-hmm. prior to the commission of the crime. Yeah, preemptive justice. Right, the George Bush, you know, crimes of the Bush administration kind of justice. Mm-hmm. What strikes me as really kind of interesting about this is the assumption, and again, I, th- I think this is a very American assumption, that justice necessarily requires punishment. Mm-hmm. Sh- yeah. I, I, I think violence. the show, yeah, the, th- via violence, absolutely. Like whatever debate yeah. the show intends to have through the first two episodes, and I feel like it's trying to ask a question about um, justice and violence and punishment. Mm-hmm. It totally remains grounded in the idea that justice requires violent punishment. I mean, we might debate whether we mm-hmm. should we should do it before or after the evil or the criminal yes. act, but that, that mm-hmm. I think that's, that reveals a pathology in America. Like maybe that's not the case. Maybe justice could come in other ways. Maybe there are other ways to achieve kind of equity in the world, but the show kind of reveals the American inability to imagine anything beyond kind of a retributive, is that how you said it? Violence. 
Yeah, well, I think I, you know, the the way I, I was I was thinking about that too, and what it missed, what it what the show misses, and maybe this is something that it'll develop. Um, is what we might think of as a rehabilitative justice in the sense of of because what I keep coming back to is that you know what Khonshu and Moon Knight do that's the police yeah you know right. they they come in after the crime has been committed and and there's a punishment and there's judgment and all of those things um and you know and and Ahmed obviously is judging people for things they haven't even done that was the whole debate that that Mark and, and not Mark but Stephen and uh, Harrow have in like the second episode yep yeah, but there's 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 no sense of a justice that is, um, you know, that tries to help people prior to committing the crimes. That yeah, it's, that's, if like, or or you know, trying to you right, know, in, in the, the same way that that the, you taught you you hear in kind of the the contemporary debates about you know we're sending so much money to police. Why aren't we sending money to social workers and things like that that can maybe intervene and help people before, you know, they get themselves in the kind of trouble that leads to the police? Sure. Yeah, like, um, and you even know, like Amit can see into the future, then like hypothetically, you know, Alan could go and form his, take his coat or whatever to those spots, like to the person and say, okay, you're going to do these bad things, so we're going to work on whatever brought that about so it doesn't happen. We're going to provide housing and food yeah, so that you're not pushed to make those decisions. But it, So I totally yeah. agree, Patrick. What Moon Knight suggests is if we're thinking about combating evil or criminality in the mm -hmm. world, we can either you know, use the American policing system solution or the American foreign policy solution. But there, mm -hmm. it, it just shows how completely bound our imagination is in, you know, yeah. well, 2022 and, and, you know, by, the show somehow, by violence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless the show somehow manages to express that third term. Um, and maybe that's what Stephen Grant is Somewhere for. down the road, which I don't know if it will, but yeah, I, maybe. I, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's right now, Khonshu and Amit represents represent two very different kinds of problematic ideas of justice. And even if they do, Patrick, let's say they, they spin it that way and it ends, you know, with a Black Panther-esque community center in Oakland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the movie, that was just a gesture that the mm -hmm. entire rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe experience is going to ignore and look away from. So, yeah. so even even when the MCU does things like that, it, let's say they, they do take it the route you're taking it, or the Rich is suggesting as well, I, mm -hmm. I'm very skeptical they're going to do it in a way that is sustained and systematic within their filmic world. I'm so, I, I would be surprised if they do it in a way that's anything more than kind of a lip service that will eventually be replaced by punching out the bad guy in the next show that comes down the Disney Plus pike. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they could do they could do something um, like what's going on in in the current Moon Knight series, which is the idea that that Moon Knight um, he's now running sort of a rescue mission um, and and protecting the people that are under his watch, um, and so there could be something you know like that that they could do possibly. 
possibly using Stephen Grant slash Mr. Knight as an alternative to, to Mark Spector slash Moon Knight. But, um, but you unless know, it's I agree with in that if they, right, if they, well, number one, if they do that, it's, it likely could be just a, uh, the kind of gesture that you're talking about. But I'm also not sure that the show is going to move us beyond the two forms of justice that we've got in it. I, I'm not. I am not at all confident that we're going to do anything more than think that we're having a really important debate that is a debate that is entirely about which kind of violence we should deploy. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, the show is already set up that, you know, we're clearly supposed to see Khonshu Moon Knight as better than Amit Hero. For sure. Um, like, like, like it's already set up Khonshu and Moon Knight in a, a privileged position, and, and I'm not sure... Um, you know, I mean, there, there is an opportunity, I think maybe via Steven to question that, but, you know, for all of the reasons that, that we've already sort of rattled off, you know, I'm not sure how powerful a critique coming from Steven's character can work given all the ways in which that character has already been kind of, of undermined. Yeah. yeah as has Mr. Knight, right? So if Mr. Knight yes, is same. different, yeah. so Stephen becomes Mr. Knight for the first time. He's in charge of the superhero. And mm-hmm. his response is just, uh, you know, is just uh, haul off and, you know, land a haymaker. Yeah. On the jackal or whatever it is that he's that he's fighting. Like, it's a jackal. Right. His solution is no different than Mark's. He's not as good at it, but his solution is the same. Yeah, though to be fair, that's not that's the solution to what Harrow is doing. It's not the solution to the larger question of justice. Fair. Well, fair right now, Stephen's not doing anything. So I think you no, know, I, I think, but you're, you're right. I mean, yeah. again, I, I I don't know. I mean, based on the second episode, you know, if if Stephen slash Mister Knight represents a potential third position regarding justice. Um, you know, in the in what right now is a dyad between Amit and Harrow and Moon Knight and Khonshu, um, you know, I think that the show the show's either got some work to do or it's going to be the kind of thing where at the end, you know, we see Stephen taking over as as Mister Knight and that's the new person going forward, and that's how the show ends. Basically, the same kind of ending that we got at the end of Black Panther, right. Right, which again, to me, was unsatisfying. But as long as we're on violence, can I raise a question for you? Sure. In the in the first episode, one of the things I thought was interesting or unique about Moon Knight, and I I you know I don't think there's a lot of new stuff in here, mm-hmm. but the way in which at the beginning is he's kind of cutting back and forth, like Stephen keeps getting taken over by Mark oh, yeah. when he's yeah. in like um, a particularly dangerous position. It was really interesting uh-huh. to me the way in which in that scene, the violence that we always see was absent, that you would see like the moment leading to the violence. Oh, yeah. We see the aftermath of it. Yeah. And then you would cut away and you would see the end of it. You didn't. The violence, the violence was absent, but the consequences mm-hmm. weren't, which I thought was I, I thought in a way that's kind of an interesting way to watch a superhero film. Mm hmm. And it might get us to ask some questions about violence and the way it kind of runs through our experience historically and in our identity. 
like when when mm-hmm. the violence you expect to see is suddenly absent on the screen. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's interesting to think about too because you're you're right that it is absent in the screen and and not to go all not to go all comic booky um but it's almost kind of of like the the way in which the Scott McCloud talks about the gutters right functioning that that you know the the narrative is is sort of put together between the panels in in the the in the gutter that runs between the panels um and yet there's part of me that wants to wants to argue that you know um if the consequences of the violence are there, like if we see, you know, Stephen waking up in the middle of the town and there's all the bodies of the thugs around him, you know, right. knocked unconscious yep. and or possibly dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the violence is actually absent. Um, well, that it's 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 not it's not presented, but the the violence is there, and and you know you very you oh, very no, no, often no. hear kind of the the old saw about you know like old horror movies. You know, people would say, oh, you know, they were so much better than the new ones that are all gore and show you everything the way in which that you kind of had to fill in the blanks in, you know, old horror films makes it even more powerful. I'm wondering if there's something to be said about, you know, the way in which that Moon Knight makes the violence not actually represented might even give that violence or make that violence more powerful because we are kind of having to fill it in via our own imaginations. I think, I think you can read it both ways. Like forcing you to do the work though could work the other way. Cause that's, it's really kind of ugly work to do. I guess I was thinking about it. Like one of the complaints about superhero movies is we see all of the violence and we don't see the consequences, Mm -hmm. right? We see, cities Mm -hmm. and countries destroyed and we never see the aftermath and this is at least kind of flipping that like this is a situation where we don't see the violence but we do and and it's possible that it could function the way you're talking i wonder if it would function for some people to get them to to think about the actual consequences that the emphasis is the consequence not the action but maybe i'm too optimistic which i shouldn't be given all that i've said already today yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, well, and I, well, I'm going to take the more pessimistic view in in that you know the show has to move away from those consequences so quickly that no, that's fair. That's you know, fair. I don't really, I don't really. There, there's not a rumination on the violence, and and really, all you're getting, and really, all you're it goes back to the the, the same thing that we were talking about with the representation of disability. Um, you know, it's it's a device that, in this case, I would say is is played kind of for humor, um, in the sense of Stephen waking up and and kind of realizing what's going on and and having to stumble on through it, um, and being in the in same a way that the show is not like that. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, and 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 you know, even the violence we do see is played for humor because it's the cupcake fight. Um, right. Yeah. And so there's not, so, I, mean, I mean, I, I agree with you that, that I agree with you that I do, I see where the opportunity for a greater kind of thinking about violence is there. But I think the way the show is going about it is not, is not really going to invite that kind of, um, consideration. I agree. If the opening made me think that, but to go back to Rich's point, like if it's going to come back to Steven being the, the guy that's going to 
be the center of kind of that questioning of violence and consequences. Mm-hmm. Like we've already talked about all the ways in which that character isn't working well to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like I can't imagine him having the strength to force anybody to accept his decision. Yeah. Right, or to make right, a it, to make yeah. a cogent, clear argument. Right, he can't he can't order yeah. a state clearly. How is he going to enunciate right. a philosophical um, claim against violence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he's somehow changed by this whole experience, but you know that that yes. who knows? I mean, I guess it could be what's going to happen. He becomes there. a superhero, and now he's you know a person again. Yeah, but I mean, it does go yeah. back to kind of that idea of you know. There, there was a lot of potential in Moon Knight in terms of, you know, what it could do in terms of violence, what it could do in terms of, um, in terms of representing, uh, you know, uh, DID and and sort of mental right. um, disorders, and it feels like it's it's relegating those to. Um, as you said, Alan, plot devices, you know, in, in the same way that I think we talked about, um, that idea of, of in disability studies, the idea of the, of the narrative prosthetic, that disability is just brought in for the purposes of plot, for the purpose of character, not, not for a consideration of what it's like to actually be, um, you know, uh, to, to have a disability, um, you know, Moon Knight, I think, is is following in, in a similar camp. Is you know, there's not yeah. really a consideration of what it what it is. You know, the show is not about Marks or Stevens' DID. No. The show is not about the violence um, or, or sort of considering kind of the violence um, via kind of of what it does in terms of the the narrative absence of it and what what right. that that creates. That that uh, these are. They're devices that are being used largely within within plot and character, um, and and so far don't seem to be used for for any anything potentially greater. Agreed. So I know that we're starting to push time a little bit. I have one comic book science slash mysticism question for you. Okay, I I, I I have one more very important thing to bring up as well. So, and I, I just well, this is not important, but I know you like these opportunities to demonstrate your your comic book cred. Why can't mm, everyone else see the jackal? Uh because the <laughs> jackal is real, right? Like, like yeah, Layla's, it affects the yes. world around it. Well, because I right. mean, right up until the moment where Layla, who, by the way, Layla is not a character that exists in the comics. I have no idea where she comes from, so that's totally different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right up until she throws the sand or the water or whatever on it, you know, it seems like, oh, the jackal, maybe this whole thing is in Stephen Mark's mind. Which right. would have been um, kind of neat. The, right, the jackal was... is not real, but yeah, the jackal is real and and just invisible. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you can only see it if you're a little bit um, godly, insane, or or, or that... mentally disabled, or, which... or or I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what to do with it. Which gets us back to the whole problematic presentation of the DID here. Yeah, yeah. I just okay. So I just. Again, with Rich, I was watching the beginning. I'm like, oh, like there is like a mental health issue that he's kind of wrestling with. I'm like, no, nope, that jackal's actually real. It's just that sane people yeah. can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, you've got to assume that, I mean, it raises the question because we don't really see, we see it climbing up out of the hole. 
you gotta assume that Harrow sees it. Um, right. um I don't know if Harrow's followers see it or not. Um, they don't seem to react to it, but again, yeah, they're also part of the cult, so would they? I don't think we see their reaction to it. We just see the hand coming out of the pit, and the next time we see it, it's attacking. It's attacking Mark. Yeah, yeah. and it's not on the know. cameras. I don't know. Like, so I don't. Not, I don't. Yeah, I don't know filmed. that we see. So it's it's hard to say. Like, who does and does not see the jackal? And then again, of course, it actually does grab Layla um, yeah, and hold her right. up, and so we, it does have a a physical presence. Right, um, I just but it leaves no scratches on the museum floor when it attacks them. Right, at it just night. it's an it's another in a long list yeah. of things they have to reclaim or solve or explain. And I just yeah. I feel like yeah. it's already moving ahead at such a frenetic pace. I think they're hardly going to spend a lot of time looking back to talk yeah. about yeah. scratches on well, the museum floor. Well, it looks floor. like it looks like the episode that comes tomorrow because the 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 teaser trailers that have shown it. It seems like we're actually going to get the origin of, of Mark's relationship with Conchu, um, Which, and, and the story of that. So there might be an opportunity in there perhaps to explain some of this stuff, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, um, cause there's the other thing too, is, is that Mark clearly sees Conchu. Um, Harrow says that he could see Conchu, but now can't. Um, so there, there, you know, there seems to be but something I mean, where where people are able to, it, you know, so pick yeah, and choose. That. So, yeah, it's, right. it's it's strange. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, you said you had a, another question to ask. Not so much a question, but but a a comment. Sure. Um, something something that I noticed in not just Moon Knight, but also several of the Disney Plus shows. Um, so we had, of course, in WandaVision, one of the big things in that was the moment of Wanda seeing Vision being disassembled, um, and that sort of, of what feeds into her grief and her pain that causes her to, to sort of create, you know, her alternate reality. Um, which of course, you know, that at least is in part based from the Vision Quest storyline from West Coast Avengers number 42 to 45. I think everybody knows that. Um, and then, mm. of course, we have in Moon Knight, we have Khonshu talking directly to Moon Knight. Like, they actually, you know, Mark can hear and talk to Khonshu. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that didn't happen until Moon Knight started hanging around with the West Coast Avengers. Um, during the Lost in Space Time arc, which ran from number 17 to 24. Everybody and remembers then, that very well, of course. It's you know, one of the classic and West then Coast Moon arcs. Knight actually joining the West Coast Avengers in, in number it. 33. Right, exactly, Rich. It uh, seems so obvious that, like, this has got to be incredibly boring to listeners. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we know West Coast Avengers, so what's the point? And then, of course, in, and then, of course, in Loki, we had the Timekeepers, um, who, though they didn't first appear there, one of their most significant appearances... Uh, was in Avengers West Coast number 60 to 62. Mm. Um, and of course, Hawkeye being the leader of the West Coast Avengers, all of this just goes to prove that the most important series for the vast majority of the Disney Plus shows is, of course, West Coast Avengers. Uh, you lost me. What's going on? I Sure. I, I, I think it's clear that <laughs> you if, if they're not building to <laughs> a West Coast Avengers, they're they're doing it all wrong. Oh well, it's it, it. Not even if they're building it, just clearly in terms of source material, 
the most important source material for um, the Disney Plus series has been West Coast Avengers. And so I agree. I mean, it just seems like a West Coast Avengers series, uh, perhaps a, a blend of West Coast Avengers and Young Avengers, is it seems inevitable. I feel as if they did a West Coast Avengers series that you're kind of leaning into post-peak superhero would resolve and go away. I think that you would be pretty excited about a West Coast Avengers series. Oh, yeah, I would be. Um, would that have Wonder Man in it for you? It's hard to say who would be. I mean, it depends. If, if they do kind of a West Coast Avengers, Young Avengers sort of mashup, then it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, Kate and, and kind of the second generation. Right. Um, you know, they, they largely couldn't do a traditional West Coast Avengers because, I mean, Hawkeye and Mockingbird are essentially retired. Iron Man's dead. Uh, I guess you do have Rhodey, who is actually the Iron Man to begin with on West Coast Avengers. And they haven't introduced Tigra or Wonder Man. So, But if you think about um, it, if you think about it, bringing Hawkeye and Mockingbird out of retirement to put together like yeah. a ragtag team, I'm I, I, I definitely not making the argument for a Tigra. I want to be clear about that. I'm not sure... We really need that. And I can't even imagine how you mm. would do that without some pretty substantial Actually, they changes. may have already introduced Tigra. Get out of here. Where? Yeah, when? In the first episode of Hawkeye, when Kate is shooting the arrow at the bell tower, uh-huh. she's talking to, to, her, to her two friends on her phone. Uh-huh. Um, and the friend that she's talking to is named Greer, which Tigra's civilian identity was Greer Grant Nelson. So, okay, that feels like just a funny little Easter egg, though. It hardly feels like it Tigra is, but, has been introduced. But but potentially could be right. used to introduce Tigra. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm just saying. All right, well, speaking of predictions for next, any ideas or, like, crazy predictions about where the show goes next? I've not watched any trailers or anything, so I have a couple of ideas. I, mean, I assume it's just going to be... No, it is one of the things I found interesting in watching the first episode is that it seemed to me that a lot of what was in the trailers that we saw came from the first episodes. Um, Like, there's a lot of stuff from episode one that is in the trailer. So, yeah, I, you know, and I I think a lot of what we haven't seen, uh, you know, from the trailer has a lot to do with... um, Moon Knight's origin, which we're getting this week. So I, I am curious in that, yeah, I, I'm not really sure where where the series is going. I mean, again, I think we're still kind of in... I, I will give the this, this series credit for one thing it's done well, which I think it has kind of put us in a very similar position to Steven in that we don't know what the heck is going on in this thing either. That, that you know, just as he kind of has woken up in the middle of it, we're sort of of in the middle of it and, and having to figure it out. And so, yeah, I'm not really sure um, where the series is going. And, and part of that, too, is just how widely the series has deviated from the source material. I think we talked about this last time. Like, right. Harrow is a character that appeared in one issue of the second Moon Knight series. Like, he's not anyone that anyone's invested in. We're supposed to be getting Midnight, um at some point in this series, though the actor that played him is the one that that died. Um, 
so you know there's there's not going to be anything they can really do with him after this series assuming he survives the series yeah they um, often don't i only have but one yeah, I, don't, I don't know there's got to be a two-person is? love triangle coming right hmm oh between mark and layla and steven yes like that definitely is coming yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I could, I could see go that, but I, and be I really hope Steven. not. Oh, I'm not I saying really I, I'm not. not saying I want it. I'm just saying it feels yeah. as if that's coming. It would be. I mean, I, I just don't know it. The way the the way the show is moving at such a kind of breakneck pace, and where you know both us and the characters are are sort of stuck in the middle. I, I just don't see how they're gonna in any way develop. Well, maybe they're not going to develop it, and it's just going to be, you know, disappointing. Developing right. any kind of, of romantic angle. Yeah. No, I I tend to agree, but I still predict that it's coming nonetheless. I'm not saying it's going to be well yeah. executed. I'm not going to say that it's going to be well paced. I'm just saying it's coming. Yeah. I do have a, uh, a little bit more from our, our good friend Scott Mendelson at Forbes. Okay. I, a, a final fair or foul. Let's do a final. I have some fair up. or foul, but I don't feel like we really need to, to cover them. So we can go ahead and end with yours. Hello? Hello? Yes. Alan? Rich? Hello? Oh, dear. We might have lost him. No, that's you guys not there? Good. I'm not hearing you. Oh, no. dear. Okay, well, do you a fair and foul while I talk to him about... Hello? Him. Patrick has the fair and foul. So... Well, you had one, too. It would be I hard for me to... It would be hard for me to respond to. I guess that's true. Um, a fair or foul. Yeah. So, well, this is a kind of a. Uh, Hang on. I'm talking to him in chat now. So that he will. Know bummer to way do. to end. Um, I guess we could try. To um, just fill space until Patrick shows up again. But I'm not really sure. He's not speaking at all now. That seems problematic. No, I imagine he's. I, I just told him in text uh, and chat. I mean, to reconnect and to disconnect and reconnect. It looks like he has um, left, so he must be following here. He be coming back in a moment. Directions. It can't really um, take that much longer, right? To leave Discord and return to it. Uh, he's in a tricky spot because he's got to. He's he's talking on his phone. And he's because he still hasn't figured out his no, microphone problem. Yeah. Hello, Patrick. I'm back. Can you hear me? Oh, Can... I'm back. Okay. Hit that fan right. foul. Yeah, let's do it before All you right. get disconnected again. All right. Here we go. So this is from Scott Mendelson uh, talking about Moon Knight. So he says, "Quote: I'll hope for the best, but even the more promising Disney Plus shows, WandaVision, The Falcon, and The Winter Soldier, failed to stick the landing." Hawkeye is the most consistently good of the bunch, so we'll see if Moon Knight can offer a bigger climactic high to compensate for its initial lows. A strong central performance notwithstanding, this is Marvel's first front-to-back Disney Plus whiff. You know, I read several um, reviews that I brought to Fair or Foul where people were saying that, like that this was so big a whiff that people who had dutifully watched everything that the MCU produced were starting to wonder... Should I continue to watch? I had I, 
I would be surprised if Moon Knight is the show that does it. It doesn't seem terrible to me, but it's not yeah, good. Yeah, no. Um, Hawkeye might have been the most consistent, but I don't think it was the best Important. of the shows. Um, like, I'd have to really think about the consistency. I thought, I don't know, like, WandaVision was super consistent until the big fight at the end for me. That's yeah, see, I, don't, I don't have as much a problem with the... I, I, I think WandaVision is still the best of the MCU Disney Plus series. But it may um, not have stuck the landing entirely. I, I, I think that's I thought it probably, stuck the landing fine. I, I don't know yeah, what we, people's well, problem with... I don't know what people... By people, you mean me. I understand that we... But people can go back and listen to our WandaVision episode to hear us argue about about that. I don't, I don't know. Like, you... I. You know my position on peak superhero. You know that. Yes. Like that we are. It, it feels like we've been treading water for a while. And yeah. I don't know like what's going to come to shake it up. Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Probably not. Mm. Aquaman Doctor 2? Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Feels unlikely. I don't know. I feel like Doctor Strange, like the whole, we talked about this too, the whole um, surprise goodness of it is kind of got preempted by Spider-Man. So, mm. I, you know, it, maybe. Um, maybe I Black Adam. That, maybe Black Adam will be the film that changes things. I do maybe love The Rock. So, well. It will not be, it will not be Morbius. <laughs> given that, I don't think any of us have seen Morbius yet, right? That kind no. of suggests. No, but then again, I haven't. Pull us out of the slump. I haven't yeah. seen any, I mean, I didn't see any of the Venoms in theater. Like, I, I eventually watched them on Amazon Prime, I think, which is probably what I'll end up doing with Morbius. Yeah, mm. I've not watched Venom at all. So, like, I'm already, I get, but that's not really yeah, MCU, I guess. But, yeah. Well, no, I don't it's think not, I am. And it... Patrick? You don't think, you don't think you are what? Missing much. Oh, yeah, no, you're not. I mean, you know, they're mildly entertaining but they're they're very much sort of of you know they would fit very well in you know kind of the 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 you know ghost rider the first two fantastic fours like that that's the kind of movie they are well the first ghost rider i will always love and adore but i mean you know that but not but not you adore it on a kind of ironic level well, for not the, on for a, the this is comedy this is a it. good movie. Yeah. No, that's 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 fair. I think it's a good movie yeah. because it it plays mm. to the camp. But if you don't believe it's playing to the camp, then it's definitely not a good movie. Yeah. So. But yeah, so I guess we'll see. We'll have to revisit Moon Knight once the uh, final uh, remaining Ugh. four episodes drop. I didn't think about see. that. We do have yeah, to. Yeah, but do this way we've got a built-in episode because now you know it's going to be easy. We can just talk about whether or not it met, uh, fell short of, or exceeded our expectations. That does feel built in. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel I, like I'm sure Rich took notes in terms of the things we talked about, and so he can oh, just abso- sort of rattle those off for us. Absolutely. I can't remember what we talked about ten minutes ago. Yeah. <sighs> that's that's a promising built-in we've put together there. Then yeah. a, a launching pad yeah. to. To nowhere, mm-hmm. probably. Which is, but I do feel like we stuck the landing to this episode, unlike Wandavision. 